0: Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honour your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or his mother,
1: Look, if anyone is watching this and you're thinking, you're still kind of thinking, what the Bible has to say is not, not relevant to the modern day and particularly the uh, challenges that we're currently facing. Well, look at this. We're going through the Gospel of Matthew, our paradox series. We open to Matthew 15 and what we have is a dispute about hand washing. I mean, you, you can't get more topical than that. I mean, I suggested to the team this week that perhaps we should sort of spin away from Paradox for a few weeks, start a new series, get in line uh, with what the government are saying, and we do three weeks. Hands, face, space. And so this is the hands week. This is the first, this is the first one, and we'll talk about that. And then next week, perhaps we could talk about how Moses uh, had to cover his face after he'd been in the presence of God. And then the third week, the week after that, we'll talk about how God created the solar system. Because that's what the, the space one's about, isn't it? Astronauts and stuff. Yeah? No, you see, the, the government's trying to help us, you see. You know, three steps to navigate this pandemic. Okay? Wash your hands, cover your face, and if possible, leave Earth entirely. Because that is the safest place to be right now. Well, the problem was, though, that when we got into this passage, it starts with handwashing, but that's, it's not really what the, the, the dispute is about. Actually, Jesus is speaking to these people and he calls out hypocrisy. He calls out hypocrisy in these religious leaders. Actually, hypocrisy is something that's also very relevant, very uh, cultural to our moment right now. In fact, I would suggest that hypocrisy pretty much single-handedly keeps the newspaper industry going. I mean, what are newspapers these days? They're not telling us things we don't already know. The news comes to our phone almost before it even happens. So the newspapers, I think, in the last few years, even even if they weren't already, they've pivoted more to just just being opinion and just being outrage, basically. You look at the newspaper headlines any day of the week, it's outrage. That's what newspapers are, outrage on paper. 52 pages of outrage with some vegan recipes in the weekend supplement. That's newspapers uh, right now. Fortunately for newspapers, they have two things going for them. One is the seemingly rich supply of outrageously hypocritical things that people in the public eye keep doing. And secondly, we lap it up. When we see hypocrisy of people, the rich and the famous and the powerful, we love to jump on board and point it out and talk about it and throw our opinion in it and point that finger a recent example in the last few months a certain senior advisor to the government perhaps drives to Durham. Seven days of headlines about that. Everyone's got an opinion about that. Get that Sunday editorial. I want to read all about how odious this guy is. You know, phone up the radio phone. And I'm going to tell how personally I am offended by what he has done. Watch out, world. This is going to be my longest Twitter thread ever about how this guy is everything that's wrong to the world. We love to jump on board with these things. I'm not saying, you know, he's he's not wrong. okay? but we love to get involved and, and jump onto it. And so when we read a passage like this and Jesus, he's sticking it to the hypocrites. This is a Jesus we can get on board with. Our city can get on board with this type of Jesus. We don't maybe like other things he said, but when he's sticking it to hypocrites, that's the kind of Jesus that we like. But when we consider Jesus completely and consider what he, the totality of what he's saying and who he is, actually, he's shining the light not just on these specific hypocrites, But when we read a passage like this, it causes us to reflect, I think, more in a more holistic way about this subject. And it asks questions of us as well. And so that's what I want to unpack in the time that we've got this morning, thinking about more widely this topic of hypocrisy. The first thing I wanna say is it's really bad. (laughs) Hypocrisy absolutely stinks. It is disgusting. I mean, I've kind of made light of it a little bit at the beginning, but it is. It's awful. When someone does something, says one thing and does another, particularly when they manipulate powerful positions that they're in, that is terrible. That is awful. And the example that I've already given, it's, it was, it's bad, but you could say it's actually in terms of the impact on people's lives. It's not as big as other things. And actually, I would say that cities like ours are very good, actually, at pointing out hypocrisy and saying, no, this is not right. And they'll point the finger at, say, world leaders who talk about peace and talk, uh, talk with, uh, on, on platforms about how we're peaceful and that sort of thing and then shake hands and smile for photo ops with other leaders who have terrible human rights records perhaps or, or even actually governments, we, we, we talk about peace and then we sell arms to different nations with questionable motives and that sort of thing. And when our city points the finger and says, that is wrong, it, that's good. That is good. When, when the finger is pointed at big, say, so b- business leaders and, and um, businesses that sort of makes different sounds about, hey, look, we've just altered our packaging slightly to be more eco-friendly. But then the product that they're creating is also destroying the environment. There's hypocrisy going on. It is right to point that out and say that is not right. And there can be many examples that we could list. It's important that we do point that out. But it's interesting to me that cities like ours are good at doing that, and I commend them for doing that. But it's interesting in this example that we have such a a reaction to hypocrisy and are very quick to call out the the wrongness of it. Well, at the same time, cities like ours are also holding to a very secular worldview, which is a bit inconsistent, I would just like to suggest. Because I thought we kind of got rid of, generally in our city, we don't want moralistic crusades. We don't want one person's set of morals telling someone else what to do. That's what uh, we rejected organized religion. That's uh, often thought of in our city. But yet when it comes to things like hypocrisy, we all agree it's wrong. There's something in us that reacts very emotionally to it. And there's something in us that, no, that's wrong. But I thought we didn't have objective moral values. I thought it was all relative. And there's a bit of inconsistency going. See, for the Christian, we can say it's wrong, and because we know God has given us a conscience, there is moral right and wrong because there is a moral lawgiver who has brought that in and designed that as part of who, where the world is and who we are as people. He's put a conscience in it. It makes sense to us, and and perhaps, perhaps even in society as a whole, are. Uh, Vehement reactions against hypocrisy is a clue that there is something of righteousness in us that is a conscience that is real and it points to the existence of a God who has put that in us. I suggest that perhaps. But also when we consider Jesus and we consider hypocrisy, we have to realize that when Jesus is pointing out hypocrisy, if Jesus is going around sticking labels on people and saying hypocrite, 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 what's he going to do when he comes to us? And is there also hypocrisy in us? We're very, we're very quick, as I've said, to jump on the board and point the finger. But do we apply the same standards to ourselves? It's easy to say, oh, big businesses, they should be doing more about the environment. And then we also get lazy with our recycling, with our choices of what we do. It's easy to say, of course, we condemn sweatshops. And then we still want our clothes as cheap as possible as well. This hypocrisy, even on that level for ourselves as well. And we cut corners. But you might say, well, Matt, but it's not as bad. It's not as bad. Okay, okay, we might live inconsistent lives and we say one thing, do another thing sometimes, but it's small scale. You know, we're not selling arms to different nations. That's not the hypocrisy that we're involved in. Yeah, okay, it is a different scale. but But it is the same problem. And actually confronted with Jesus, there's a particular light that is shone on this. Because elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus says, if you're faithful with small things, you will be faithful with big things. But if you're unfaithful with the small, you're also going to be unfaithful with the big. And the question is not, well, does our hypocrisy, our everyday hypocrisy, it doesn't really affect anyone. No, are we pursuing integrity or are we not? Are we guilty of the same things that we point the finger at the people that hit the newspaper headlines about it? No, it is the, it is the, same, is the same problem. And maybe the, the difference is not so much in what it is, but just the stakes. And the stakes have got higher. You know, I don't think the people that hit newspaper headlines about hypocrisy, uh, I don't think they set out to be hypocrites. I think just like us, They just took a, cut a corner there. I thought, it doesn't really matter. And then over time, perhaps the stakes got higher and higher and acted in the same way. I think when Jesus is pointing the finger at hypocrites, he's got every right to point the finger in our direction too. And even especially the spiritual, the religious. And that's actually what's happening here. Let me unpack a little bit exactly the hypocrisy that Jesus is pointing out. It's not quite obvious, perhaps, on a first reading of this passage. You see, the Pharisees, they were the religious authorities and Jesus is challenging them because he's saying God's word says that we should honor our mother and father. And part of that, what's expected in that is as they get elderly to financially support them. That's part of God's, God's law there so that the vulnerable are taken care of. But the religious leaders said, well, if you give to the temple, in other words, if you give to us, because they were in the temple, that was their part of that. Then that releases you from your expectation to look after your elderly relatives, perhaps. So do something that's good to us and that it's okay. God God will be fine with that. Jesus said, why is God fine with that? You're lining your own pockets at the expense of the most vulnerable in society. That goes against exactly what God is saying. And so they were doing something that saying, if you look spiritual, you don't really have to follow what God says. I don't think this is that far from all of us in the church even perhaps to fill out with a few sort of examples this would be so to take examples of honoring mother and father perhaps it's you know a, a youth young person and they love to get to church they turn up every week to youth group they go to all the prayer meetings even but when it comes to listening to the parents oh, I'm not going to listen to what they have to say I'm doing spiritual things I don't have to listen to, no God's word says honor your father and mother And I think for all of us, it's easy to pick out the teenagers as an example there. I think for all of us, we think about our spirituality, very personal terms. I'm doing, what's my spirituality? Well, it's how I feel about God. Am I having a good worship time this week? Is, is the church worship the way the church does worship? Is that suiting my needs? Is it helping me to connect with God? And, and we be, can become so focused on that personal sense of spirituality that we perhaps neglect the things that God's word says. Because God's word does say, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Jesus says to love our neighbors as ourselves, to consider them as much as we consider ourselves even more so to be kind and to be generous and to remember the poor and and give generously and to discipline our children and raise them in in the fear of the Lord and, and to treat our spouses with love and respect and with kindness and patience. But it's easy for all of us to think, well, my spirituality, well, have I read my Bible this week? Have I had a good worship time then? I'm good with God. And yet we have to live in the well, is, is my life actually matching my love for God? Love for God is not just how we feel on a Sunday or in a worship service. It's how we serve and love others and demonstrate that love of God to others. And I think when that's the case, when we read words like this, that Jesus says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I think people like you and me, if you're a Christian, you think, oh, have I? Yes, I have. I've worshipped I've worshiped God. I've done spiritual things, things that look spiritual. But my heart was going after other things. I was more interested in my needs being met. I was more interested in how I felt. I was more interested in how people thought of me, perhaps, than I was in loving God and pursuing Him and following what He says in His Word. Because when we do that, we start to be other people focused. But it's easy to tick a spiritual box and neglect the things that God's called us to. And I feel that. I'm sitting here and, and preaching to you about this. And I have to reflect on the way I've served my family. And the way I've loved others. And the way I've prioritized the poor and the vulnerable in society that are close to God's heart. When it comes to hypocrisy in the light that Jesus sheds on it, conviction, I think, comes to all of us. So what do we do with that? Where do we go with that? That can be a sobering... Place, is that all that Jesus is saying? Because we don't actually have anything else from Jesus about the, the other side. Well, we have to draw out a little bit and remember what we're doing here and what we're looking at in terms of Jesus and this paradox here is bringing in the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom like? Well, there's one thing I wanna focus on very particularly when, as we finish here. It says in Isaiah 40, that when Jesus, he brings in his kingdom, one of the features of it is that the mountains are made low and the valleys are lifted up. What's what's that about? Well, it's linked with elsewhere in the Bible, in James chapter four, where it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And what it's saying is, this is an example of Jesus Humbling or trying to humble the proud, opposing the proud, saying, no, these people in authority, seemingly religious leaders, they have to be humbled because they're hypocrites. They're abusing their powers. The judgment of God is coming against these type of people and they need to be humbled. They need to be brought down. That is part of what the kingdom does. It brings us to a point of conviction, hopefully. Our society is very good at tearing down. Especially when it comes to hypocrisy. We've already thought about that. We're very quick to point the finger. These people need to be taken down, they need to be taken out of that position. They're hypocrites. We tear, we tear down, we tear down, we tear down. And outside of the gospel, that's what we get. If people get too big, if people abuse the position, well, take them out, tear them down. With Jesus, you do get a challenge to the evil in the world. And Jesus says, every evil, every injustice, every hypocrisy, there will be a comeuppance. There is a judgment coming. Coming. God is patient towards it now, but it is coming. So that is happening. The proud are opposed, judgment is coming, but it's not the only thing that Jesus is bringing. Because in the world, there is the tearing down and just the tearing down. With Jesus, there is a challenge, but there's also the valleys being lifted up. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So if you're here listening to this and you think, I'm I'm a hypocrite. How does Jesus respond to me? Well, the question is, are you coming to Jesus with that? Because Jesus said there is grace. He gives grace to the humble. If we're humble enough to recognize our sin and come to Jesus with it, there's grace for you. John 3 17 says, he didn't come in to condemn. He came in to the world so that we might have life and be saved through him. Matthew 12, 20 says, a bruised reed he will not break. So he said, are you feeling bruised today? Are you feeling convicted? Are you recognizing, ah, if Jesus is going around sticking the label of hypocrites on everyone, I'm a hypocrite too. But if we come to Jesus, if we will find life in him because we find Forgiveness in him. Why? Because of the cross. If the light of, you know, if newspaper scrutiny was on our lives, what headlines could they write about us, about our hypocrisy? Jesus was the only one in all of history who could stand up to that scrutiny because Jesus is the only one who wasn't a hypocrite, who lived consistently in word and deed and demonstrated the love of God. And yet... Jesus was literally crucified. The court of public opinion was against him. The crowd shouted out, crucify him, crucify him. He had done nothing wrong. He was innocent, but he was condemned as guilty. Why? So that us who are guilty of these things through faith in him might be declared innocent by God and be forgiven and restored and have eternal life in Him. That's the gospel. That's what the cross is about. Jesus didn't deserve it, but He died willingly in our place for our sin at the cross. So my encouragement to you today is to come to Jesus, is to come to Jesus. Because outside of that, with just, with your, sense of conviction, sense of inconsistency in your life. What are you going to do? Are you just going to beat yourself up about it, feel miserable for a while and then just move on? No, bring it to Jesus because with Jesus you can be lifted up. You can find grace in him because he's gone to the cross for you. So I want to encourage you in just a moment we're going to respond. We're going to sing a song of worship because this Jesus is beckoning us to come to him. He's gone to the cross. He's died for sin so that the guilty might be declared innocent. Each one of us is hypocritical in our lives. But only with Jesus do we find forgiveness, do we find grace. Let me pray for us and then I'll hand to Anna who's going to lead us on. Jesus, we recognize we we need you. We need you. Lord, I recognize in my life, there's inconsistency, there's hypocrisy. I believe one thing and do another. And Lord God, for each one of us as we come to you now, we thank you for your grace. We thank you, Jesus. You are condemned so that I don't have to be. And I ask by the Holy Spirit, help us to come to you right now with our weakness and receive grace and receive your love afresh right now.